0: from Blue Wire Studios today, so
1: you're ready for the August premiere.
0: This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Buddy, welcome to dropping the gloves with John Scott and Tim. Tim's back. And Tim, what's going on? What's happening with your life? <laughs> what do you mean? So listeners, I'm glad you're here. we might have to have a little intervention with Tim today. Um, you know when you have a, a schedule, you have a meeting or a, an appointment? I try to be prompt. Heck, I even try to be five minutes late, five minutes early. We had a a podcast scheduled to tape last night. Tim had to cancel.
1: Oh, come on. That's not true.
0: And then we...
1: You, You asked to move it to tomorrow, today.
0: You know when you're talking to someone who's not all there and they're not making sense and you can tell they just you know, they might be up to something. Well, I was texting with Tim last night and I was like, so are we still taping? He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, maybe a few minutes late. I was like, okay, that's fine. I, I'm a little late as well. And then, and then he texts text me. He goes, I'm out with a the, with the couple of the new guys from work. Things are getting a little crazy. So I don't think there's going to be a podcast happening after someone sends me that text. So I say, well, let's, let's, Tape in the morning, then 7 a.m. I have stuff to do. I'm a busy guy. I got six kids. I have work. I have lots of things going on. So I get up at 6.30, 6.45, 6.50. I finally shoot Tim a little message. Hey, are you awake? 6.58, he says, yeah, in a couple seconds. (laughs) 7.01, 7.02, 7.03, 7.04, 7.05. This isn't like a big deal, it's only five minutes, but it just, you know, it's concerning.
1: The old well, son would
0: have been up fifteen minutes ago, clean shaven, then he shows up on camera in a sleeveless shirt, hair all over the place, just looking disheveled, like he didn't get any sleep, didn't prepare for this prestigious podcast. What's the Here's the that?
1: thing. It wasn't it wasn't uh the new guys last night. When I got home I had to work because we had to run uh, this data export. that had to be run after hours, and this particular client is in. I had people in the West Coast, so they had to be done after ten o'clock uh, to make sure that no one was in uh, our our portal and no one was touching anything. So we had to I had to be doing after ten o'clock. So I did it at ten o'clock when I got back, and I thought it would take twenty minutes. Ended up taking an hour and a half, and I was up late working on that. So that's why I was a little slow to get up this morning it wasn't it wasn't uh with the new i guys. think
0: you're fibbing and i don't know if you want me to cover for you right now or what's going on if I'm not mom fibbing. Is gonna, so y- here's here's the text thread that we that happened and i have it here 908 you said what time are you thinking i'm out with the new guys yeah and i'm like oh you're out with the new guys so i give you an out i say well would you like to do it in the morning and right away, within 10 seconds of me writing that, you go, yes, 7 a.m. And I go, sure, don't stay out too late, Tim. And you go, the new guys are wild. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're working. It sounds like I'm out with the new guys. It was. wild.
1: But I, got, I had to work when I got back. I just told you. I was, yeah. I was working until 1130 last night when I got back.
0: Then I said, work hard, play hard, hopefully don't get arrested or COVID. And then there was no response other than an emoji saying, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> and then I texted you at 6.57, are you awake? Oh, my goodness. I, and now he's lying. It's, it's the first step when Judge. you confront someone. It's, it's first lying, denial. Then he's going to go to anger. I think he just went to anger. <laughs> I'm not it's angry. Very I was, very, I was very working concerning. till 11:30 30 last night, I'm telling you. I'm not angry. I've, I've said that before, my wife goes, You're angry. I'm not angry. <laughs> She's like, Why are you getting so angry? Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on, Tim. There's a lot to talk about. I'm actually glad we didn't tape last night because what a game the Leafs and the Blue Jackets had. You obviously didn't see it because you were out working with Captain Morgan on your project, Rum and Coke. So let's talk about that. Let's jump right into that, if that's all right with you, Tim. or Unless you want to flex for a little bit. Show me the guns. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, are you still doing the push-ups, or was that a one-month deal?
1: That was a one-month deal.
0: That's it? You just wanted to look good for a month, and then right back to? It was just a challenge. It was fun. Let's talk about hockey, John. Okay. Drink that water. Yeah, get some get some water in that body of yours. Get that poison out of there. Okay, so Toronto, Columbus, Columbus obviously works in the first game three to nothing. I talked to Gerbs. Columbus is doing well. They're feeling good. Toronto bounces right back and blanks Columbus two nothing. So game three, it's it's a toss up. No one knows what to expect. Both teams have looked fairly well. They've played strong. The goalies are playing decent. You know they they're playing good hockey. They're making the saves. They should make Toronto jumps out to a three, nothing lead in the NHL, especially in the playoffs. If you have a three, nothing lead game over, that's it lights out. There's no chance you should lose that game. Especially if you're playing a team like Columbus, who in all fairness, they don't light the lamp. They're not a scary team. When you look at their lineup from top to bottom, you're not just overwhelmed by offensive talent. So if you're Toronto, it's midway through the second period and you go up 3 nothing. do you change this, the type of game that you play, Tim? If, if you're their coach, Keith, do you call them in during a timeout and say, hey, boys, listen, let's rein it in. Let's not play, you know, run and gun style. Or do you just say, let's, let's, let's keep going. Let's, let's put the foot on the gas even further.
1: No, you have to play to protect the lead. And, and we, what does that look like for an NHL team? Like, how do they adjust their, their playing style to protect the lead? What does that mean?
0: Well, it's simple. A team has a, has a certain weight of four chicks. They have, they have a certain style of play when they're in the offensive zone. Toronto is a very aggressive team. They're D-jump up in the play. Their third forward doesn't often play high which most teams around the league, they, they take a third guy and they keep them high. So the D-men are active. Toronto, it seems like they just do both. Their D-men pinch and that third forward isn't disciplined enough to stay high. So I know Keith's mindset, he's a very offensive, aggressive style of coach. So I know during a timeout, he said, all right, boys, we got him right where we want. Him. Let's keep playing the way we're playing. And that's great, but it also just leaves you open and it leaves that other team a glimmer of hope to get that first goal, to get that momentum. That's exactly what happened. And it, it just snowballed after that. Seth Jones, Pierre-Luc Dubois, they took over. It was – I just don't understand it. Even after 3-1, to one, you, you still have a two-goal lead in the third period. You tell your team, let's, let's rein it in. We're up by two in the third period. We should never lose this lead. So you just saw it, that uh, Dermott, he's in the lineup because Muzzin's out. He pinches for the game-tying goal. Kapanen, the more glaring problem, Dermott is okay to pinch there. If you watch this, he's okay to pinch. Obviously that's the coach's decision. They want the D being active still and being aggressive on the boards in the offensive zone. Kapanen has to be high. He has to be high. If you watch him, he floats. he's in the slot. He kind of hovers up around the top of the circles and he dives in. By that point, you're done. Once Dubois gets a step on you, you're already, it's too late. And you have a two-on-one going down the ice with Dubois Hall, He's doing a decent job as a two-on-one guy. He's trying to take away the pass. Dubois essentially has a breakaway and goes far side over the pad to tie the game. And it's just, it's too easy. It's too easy with the turnovers, with just the, the game plan Toronto had after going up 3 nothing. You can't do that in the playoffs, in the NHL, at this point of the season. It, it, if you win this game in your Toronto, you're p- pretty much going on. You're going to win one of the next two games. So, I don't know. And then in overtime, your, your captain, your guy who's supposed to be able to carry the load and not make any mistakes, and you're relying on him, you sign him to this big deal to change the culture in Toronto, you sign him to turn things around, the hometown kid coming back, John Tavares, turns it over, being so flimsy with the puck, doing a nice little circle of how is she going in the offensive zone, near the blue line giving up a two-on-one, giving up a breakaway. And by the way, where's the defense? It's just – it's mind-blowing to watch this team play sometimes. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Get the puck deep. Get the puck deep. Throw it in. Live to play another day. You don't have to create every second of every shift of every period. Like, you got to be smart. So, he he turns it over. They spring Dubois. He goes in. Backhand shelf. Game over. Hat trick. Say goodnight. Like, it was just – it was – it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. That's Toronto's game to a T. They run and gun, and then they don't have the horses to hold the lead, and they don't know how to play hockey. They just It's like a shinny game for them. It honestly is – I'm sorry. What do, you, what do you need to say, Tim? I'm just – Well,
1: I, no, I think you're right. I'm curious like, what you think as far as how much do you put on the players, how much do you put on the coaches? Because it seemed like it was, it was a pretty glaring uh, example of a coach who's brand new to the league versus a coach who's been coaching in the, in the league for 20 years.
0: I think you have a coach and that this is his mentality and he will not change this. This is who he is. He did it in the AHL. He had great players with the Marlies and they succeeded because he had a lot of talent and the AHL is the AHL. You know, if you go up three, nothing, it's hard to come back because the other team just doesn't, it's just the AHL, you know, they're not as mature. They're not as seasoned. in the NHL. If you make a mistake, you will pay for it. And this is what he did. He didn't change his mentality. And this is, It's not like Torch did anything. It's not like he told his team, all right, boys, let's go. Let's start running and gunning. We're going to be pinching. We're going to be jumping up in the play. They played the exact same way. They just took advantage of stupid plays by Toronto. And that's a big mistake by Keefe, and this is a big mistake by Tavares and some of their veteran guys who know better. Like, they know better. You shouldn't be doing that in overtime. Dermot, he's just doing what the coaches want. He's a young guy. He's trying to he just impress them and stay in the lineup. He's like, okay, I got to pinch here. That's what the coaches want me to do. I'm pinching. captain doesn't stay high. Boom, it's in the back of the net. So it's just – it's glaring. It honestly is glaring just how bad it is. For a person who has been in locker rooms, who has been around meetings, and I know people chirp me like, oh, you're you're just a goon. You don't know what you're talking about. Why should we listen to you? I've been in every stinking meeting around all these guys, every stinking video session. I'm smarter than – and I'm not just – all these guys, they're robots. You tell them what to do, and they do it. And that's what that Dermot did. He's supposed to pinch in that situation. When the puck comes around the boards, he sees his forward high, he's going. And that's what he did. His forward – he's hung him out to dry and didn't stay high. Dubois picks up the puck and goes down and scores. Dermott looks bad in this situation, but it's Kapanen's fault. And I know Dermot will get roasted by the media in Toronto. He'll get roasted in the papers. It's Kapanen's fault and Keith's fault. He should say no more pinching in the third period. Just suppress that yawn, Tim. I know it's hard.
1: So I I think it's cool to see how uh, Dubois is getting a lot of attention now, too. I mean, obviously, the trick, game-winning goal is, is pretty big. But he's a player that was starting to get some national attention during last year's playoff run. And obviously, now everyone's talking about him. He could be a big star for for Columbus for years now.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's it's neat to see these players who you don't usually get eyes on, and they're just so good. And he is a big-bodied centerman. I noticed him in the D zone. He's muscling out Toronto's little forwards. He's using his body well, and he's fast, and he's got a good shot. He's a good player. I wonder if that played into them just kind of letting Panarin walk and not being so panicked about trying to keep him because they knew they had this stud just ready to go. Because he was good. And then even here's another thing that was great about torts. Corpusalo, their goalie or whatever it is, Kippa Kappa, all these goalies have strange last names. Like, where's the good old like just normal last names? So Mike Smith. He, right? He wasn't playing bad. He didn't he the third goal he should have he should have saved. I'll give him that. That Robertson goal. He should have saved that one. That was it, that was a bad goal. But yeah. other than that, he played well. You know, a, a tip in goal, a back door, whatever. Torts just doesn't even, doesn't even give him the chance. It's like, boom, we're going to change it. When you change a goalie, you change momentum. It kind of gives your team a little wake-up call. It changes the goalie right away. Boom, and then they turn it right around. They, Elvis Merzlikas comes in. He plays great. He has a nice stop on Matthews, and then we're off to the races. I don't know why coaches don't do that. Changing a goalie is a tactic. It gives your team a little wake-up call. We saw it with the, uh, the Hawks and Oilers. We saw it with Mike Smith you need to be able to change your goalie and not just leave him in there because it can change the momentum of a game. So another good move by John Tortorella. He really is a good coach. He really, really is. All right, anything else on this you want to talk about going into game four with these guys? you think Columbus is going to close it out or Toronto going to come I, back?
1: I hope so. Uh, I think the only other thing I wanted to mention, just you mentioned it real quick, the Robertson goal. Pretty cool to keep, see the kid so young scoring a big playoff goal like that. Uh, good, a good moment for Toronto that was short-lived, but – uh was worth calling out
0: yeah and then again where do these stats go i i I still don't know i guess i could maybe do a little digging but is this like a regular season goal is this a playoff goal is this they're gonna have a separate page for like a play-in goal they're gonna do this every year who knows but yeah good for him get on the get on the board what did it take him three games i guess that's fine that's okay
1: so a couple other big games last night too
0: oh so many games, and even the even the day before, it's just been yeah. remarkable. All of the the games, and I want to get our our predictions out and see where we stand because it's just been thrown into a loop. Okay, well, you want to talk about Calgary taking it over the Jets? They win it three to one. The Jets are done. Yep. What are your thoughts? I don't know. Uh,
1: it's, the, it's, it's the, it's what I expected. I'm just curious now whether you can, you have to put a little bit, I wouldn't say an askers, maybe that's too much of a, too bold a statement, but obviously the, the Jets were playing without two of those superstars and they were because of, of hits and injuries that the uh, flames threw at them. So they got to be frustrated by that outcome. They got to be, you know, upset not to have Shifley and Liney in the lineup and, and not being able to, to put their best lineup forward. Um, in a way that, you know, they got to be pissed,
0: for sure. Yeah, it's, just, it's too bad because they did have such high hopes. They did have a good team. And when you lose your top two guys, like I know Wheeler's up there and Connor's up there, is your sniper, and Shifley is the thing that makes that team go. And not having those two guys, it's too much to, to overcome. Calgary's a good team. Talbot played well. I'm very impressed by his play this series. He, you know, he made the saves he needed to make. It's not like Winnipeg was getting grade-A chances the last few games. They... They were overmatched. They had the first line: Ealers, Wheeler, and Connor. Uh, it's they were. It was too much. Their defense kind of folded, and I don't know. I I was hopeful that they would maybe pull something together, like a bad news Bears. Like we're hurt, we're gonna win a couple games. We're gonna you know get revenge on the hit that Kachuk had, and you know what do you think about the fight? Did you see that luchich Bolu fight right, right to start I didn't, know Yeah, I, I I did not understand that, but Bolu asked Luch to go, and then Luch just use them like a punching bag for a couple, couple rounds. It was very strange. I didn't understand that. It didn't really set the tone for Winnipeg, but maybe, well, you wanted to, I don't know. Do
1: Lucha has been putting up points too. He had points in the first three games. I don't know if he had any last night, but he's he's almost kind of back to his old self.
0: Yeah. you know, Which I he, said, if you
1: remember that, I said that.
0: I know. And I, I disagreed with you, but he did, he had a good series. He was moving well. He was getting shots. He was, you know, in on the body. <laughs> I'm all for it, but I just didn't see it. So you chalk that one up, and Tim is right and John is wrong. So Calgary moves on. Yep. Moving on. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. And any new car, Tim, big van, you got a lot of people to drive around. Now, here's how it works it's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, Everyone else has 10 seconds to answer, or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to Deal and use the promo code JohnScott20 or Deal Dash.FM backslash JohnScott20. That's deal-D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot FM backslash John Scott 20.
1: Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up to date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Dropping the gloves, dropping the
0: gloves, dropping the gloves, John Scott. Penguins, Canadians. What is happening? Am I in the Twilight Zone? What's going on?
1: This is a really, really interesting one. I actually asked this on Twitter uh, yesterday or the day before from the Dropping the Gloves account, and I just said, like, you know, why? What's the number one reason the, Hob- the Habs are ahead in this series? The it Price or the P- Petrie had some big goals, underperformance on the, the Penn side? Uh, and most – the answers were either Price or Pittsburgh uh, third D pairing. Jack yeah. Johnson, Justin Schultz just look overmatched. Even against third and fourth liners, they're looking like they're getting tossed around and chasing. Uh, not – they're just it's, – it's a, it's a weak link in the chain, you know? they
0: They need to get Johnson out of there like the game has passed them by it, it really has schultz is all right he he's not great they need to mix it up you can't have two guys who are slow and can't keep up on the same pairing like you can maybe get away if one guy could and one guy could not it, it's and I, and I don't like talking because I, I was that guy like oh, listen johnson is probably well you know what i might be faster than jack johnson but it's um it's glaring like you said and and it's just – it's too much. They just look like, like a turnstile out there. And they need to make a change. They have some good D-men in the wings. I know they have Chad Ruido. I played with him. He's a good little D-man. Throw him in there. Give him a chance. Like, he's, he's better than what's out there because these guys are costing you the series right now. And it's a very close series, especially when you're up three to one and then you let Montreal slip into it by getting kind of stuck on the wall like Johnson got. It's just uh, – I don't know. I don't want to, like – pin the blame on somebody because it's not just him it's a team effort right it it would help your game if you got a serviceable third pairing to even eat up 10 minutes that's all you need just give me 10 good minutes stay even you know You
1: you can live with Justin Justin uh, Schultz being like you know a little underperforming. He's not he's never been strong defensively when he's putting up points, right? Like three I'm looking at his stats. a few years ago he had fifty one points, and you can yeah. live with you can live with that, but right? <laughs> maybe he's not putting up any points and his offensive liability, so
0: you're not getting anything out.
1: What about uh Murray is looking a little shaky? Like Petrie's goal from the goal line, did you see that? Walked right yeah. in on him and ripped it over his
0: head. That he- is you you <sighs> He just ripped it right off his head in the back of the net. <laughs> yeah, you got to save that. Any goal from the goal line cannot go in. I yeah. don't care if it's on the ice or up near your neck. You you cannot let that go in. And for that to be the game-winning goal, it's like, come on, man. So uh, do they make a change? Do they go to Tristan Jerry? I don't know. It like, is. It, is it too late in the series to make that call?
1: No, it's only 2-1, to one, right?
0: I know, but it's like – I don't know. I don't know if they make that change, but I think the biggest thing for me is Montreal's defense has been really good. They're playing really well. Ben Chariot, that, um, Victor Meade, Jeff Petrie, Shea Weber. They've been playing really, really good hockey. Like Pittsburgh scored two power play goals last night. That's pretty much all the offense they got. And Montreal has been playing really, really stout defensive hockey. And it's just, I did not expect it, but man, they're, they're playing well. Like Carey Price is playing good. He's making some big saves. But they're playing good defensive hockey. So, Pittsburgh, I don't know. They 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 need to look in the mirror and say, what are we doing here? Are they just going for Lafernier? Imagine if Pittsburgh <sighs> or Toronto, one of these two teams get Lafernier.
1: I know. I know. It's a broken system if that happens. That is no good. But
0: I love it. Oh, I, I, think it's I like the
1: idea of those two being out in the first round. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, even imagine if Edmonton got – like, one of those three teams could potentially get – the number one overall pick Edmonton Pittsburgh Toronto it's it's unbelievable so there's a little less than 50% chance they get a first round pick one of those teams that's so cool man I don't like it the Fernier must be just licking his chops like he's like I can go to Edmonton I can go to Toronto I can go to Pittsburgh potentially and play with these superstars which team do
1: you want to go to out of the three of those
0: Edmonton yeah for sure. Go play with McDavid and Dreinstein on those guys. And just run and gun. I don't know. Well, let's get to that series right now. And what's The reason why we're talking about Edmonton is because they're down 2-1. to one. And in another just shocking. Well, I guess it's not as shocking as Pittsburgh and Montreal because people did – I picked the Hawks to win. So it, it's not as outlandish for the Hawks to, to be in this series as it is for the Canadians to be dominating the Pittsburgh series. I guess dominating is a strong word, but be winning. So – the Hawks won again the other night, and in contrast to the other series where the games seem to be tightening up a little more, not as much high scoring as maybe the first game. The second and third games teams are trying to figure each other out. The goalies are seeing the puck better. This game, just still, who wants a goal? Just throw the puck out, whoever wants a goal, and go get it. And for the Hawks, it seems to be everyone. They have a balanced attack. They're getting goals from the first, second, third line. Their D is chipping in. For the Oilers, it's just same old, same old. Connor and Leon, you guys go and win the game for us because, listen, we got no, nothing else. Nobody. Nobody is going to score except for these two guys. And you're not going to win. They thought they had some depth. They thought they went out and got some guys. Ennis is out. Neil has been a ghost. That other young kid, Yamamoto, he hasn't done much. They got um, – who's the guy they got from Detroit? Athanasio. Is he even playing?
1: Yeah, but he's not done anything.
0: I haven't seen him at all. Like he's just been a ghost. So all of these guys they brought in to kind of offset the heavy load that McDavid and Dreisaitl are carrying are absolutely doing nothing.
1: Did nothing. you see? So Dreisaitl and McDavid have eight goals between them in this series in yeah. three games. It's just yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It, I mean, yeah. That's
0: what they did in the regular season.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: They, they, that's why this is why they won't win. And it's, It's amazing that they still put up these stats because Chicago, all they're trying to do is stop these two guys. That's all they're trying to do, and they still can't. They still put up two, three goals a game, and they still can't win because they don't have anybody else to put in any goals. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy.
1: Did you see uh, the Kirby Doc hit on Ennis?
0: No, I did not. I heard about it, though.
1: I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. Ennis, he was he was like he was coming, Ennis knew he was coming. He turned at the last minute to probably just kind of shake out of it and behind the net to just maybe try to avoid the hit. And in turning is where he put himself in a kind of vulnerable position. And I think it was a little knee on knee against the boards. But I don't think there's any intent whatsoever on Doc. And I think it was not a dirty hit. I think Ennis has been around long enough to know you can't put yourself in that position. I hate, you know, blaming the victim, but I just don't think it was a dirty hit whatsoever. Uh, you have to watch it and check it out.
0: Well, he didn't get suspended. Was there a penalty on the play? I don't think so. Yeah, so it's not a dirty hit. It's just a hockey play. It's just a big man running into a little man, right?
1: People are calling it a dirty hit online, though. People
0: people talk so much smack. So, listen, you don't go and read the comments unless you want to ruin your day because they're just, like, horrible people out there (laughs) writing some stuff. So, what – did he get hurt, Ennis? Was it his head, his shoulder? Why, Why did he leave the game?
1: I think it's just knee. I think it's just knee. knee. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, it is what it is. You know, it's injuries that plays a part. Edmonton's going to miss him. He was—he's a little firebug. I played with him in Buffalo. He's a good little player. Yeah, I like him. So this game, you know what I noticed was it's just bad defense from both teams. And a thing that I think is lost in in hockey is picking up guys' sticks. When when a D man shoots the puck from the point, you're supposed to pick up the guy's stick. You're supposed to wrap it up, lift it, move it. No one does that anymore. Have you noticed the amount of redirection goals there's been in this, this round of playoffs?
1: I haven't noticed that, no. There's
0: so many goals that are getting tipped, redirected, shot passes, to the point where it's like, what are these D-men doing? They're, they're watching. I think they're just so focused on blocking the shot. And that's the way people play defense now is they front and they try to block the shot. And they don't look at who's around them. They might put a body on them, but players are so good at tipping the puck now. I don't know. Like even just in this game, there were so many tip in goals. I'm just like, fellas, like pick it up. Because all you have to do is just knock his stick a little bit. And then then he's not going to tip it. It's not hard.
1: The easiest defensive thing you can do.
0: Very easy. You just lift it, you knock it, you give him a slash, you're not going to get a penalty. But no one does it. Everyone's so focused about getting out and blocking it and this and that. It's like the goalies are there. Let the goalie save the puck. Make sure he's got, you know, a clean path. And then take the stick away. That, I don't know. Because there's so many goals from Tippins. It's just – it's crazy. It honestly is crazy. And these guys are good. I remember in practice where when I switched from defense to forward, the first thing the coaches did were, like, get in front of the net. And they would get the D man up at the blue line. They would just rep shots, and it's like you got to tip them, and it's hard. But once yeah. you get like once you get a rhythm, like you can tip them, and you work on it. you and you work on going how wide I can go from the net to tip it in. And I would, like I, there was some where the, the puck was three feet wide, and I would tip it, and it would go in. Now you practice that, so and I was bad at it. And you get guys like Joe Pavelski. He could tip a puck anywhere at any time getting cross-checked in the back. That's what, he's, that's what he does. He gets the d like, boom, cross-check me in the back, give me a push, and he's tipping at all times. I played with Andrew Burnett. He might have had the best hands ever. He would just tip nonstop. So, I don't know. It, I'm not a coach, but if I was a coach, I would tell my team, I'm like, this is obviously a problem. Like, let's maybe pick the stick up and stop trying to block the shot. Like, we're not goalies. We're defensemen and centermen. I don't know. This, that just stands out to me. It just seems like, man, there's a lot of tipping goals going in. Anyways, anything else in this series? So these two these two teams, they're playing tonight. Yep. Like, it's rock sock'em sock em hockey. So we could have Pittsburgh's playing, the Blackhawks are playing, the Leafs are playing. Like, there's a lot of games going on today. It's going to be great.
1: Well, finally – this series is on at 645, which is good because McDavid and Drysaddle are doing amazing things out there. And no one in the country gets to see it unless you're on the West Coast. It's yeah. at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So, the kids, so we'll, now the kids we'll, will get to watch.
0: We'll be able to watch that one. And it's just like there's a game, there's a game on in a few hours. Yeah, I know. The poor Islanders-Panthers series. They're just getting the worst times for games. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, work on the schedule here. Okay, prime time. Maple Leafs, Blue Jackets. So we got to get the Oilers in there. They're going to have a good slot. Oh, Penguins-Canadians, we'll give them a good one too. Oh, you know, the Wild series, they're a Wild West. Islanders-Panthers, can you guys play at 8 a.m. and and be out by 10? Is that possible? we got to yeah. get you – we got to make sure the ice is real good for Pittsburgh and Montreal. It's first, just, first goal
1: wins. Just.
0: <laughs> they're just getting the shaft when it comes to the times. I think their average start time is noon for these guys. And no one wants to play at noon. You can't get up. You can't do a pregame skate. It just it throws off your whole schedule. It's the worst. It's the worst and best because you're dealing with your game by three. But it's so, I was texting with Brian Boyle last night or yesterday. And he's like, Yeah, man, it's weird. I'm done. It's 3 p.m. and I'm done.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, you, you guys he's just like it's so bizarre. I, I I don't know how to say it. So it's just yeah, I was trying to get PK Subban's number, which I got, and I texted PK, but he didn't respond. So I don't know if it's his real number or not. I don't know. I thought it'd be funny to get PK on the show.
1: He'd be awesome. He'd be so great. I
0: I got a I got a few more rabbits in my hat to try to get that, that guy. I was I was his teammate for one game. I think he was on that team. I'm not sure. I think he was. Because I do have his stick. So I think that's where he gave me a stick. <laughs> Anyways, so let's. You want to talk about the other elimination games today? There's Arizona and Nashville.
1: I can't believe they're winning that series, too.
0: I do. I picked them. I know you did. I believe it. They have a good team. They're good defensively, they're a good so, coach team.
1: What we haven't talked about yet is the Rangers have been eliminated now oh, three yeah. games to none. The, uh, it's really cool to see what the Hurricanes kids are doing and, and, and you know, firing on all cylinders. I guess the question is, Lundqvist, has he played his last game in the NHL?
0: No. No? Last last game in New York, yes. Okay. I think he'll go somewhere next year to a contender who might have a little bit of an issue in that, like a team we just saw get eliminated with the Edmonton Oilers, potentially. Okay. It's a team like that, maybe the Boston Bruins, a team that is, you know – not as strong between the pipes, and they'll go and give him a chance. Heck, if the Edmonton Oilers give Mike Smith a chance, who's a good goalie, but he's no Henrik Lundqvist, they would be chomping at the bit to get a Henrik Lundqvist in there. don't you think
1: yeah,' yeah, for sure
0: there's a lot of teams who don't have a solid, solid goaltender and a true number one they're they're platooning, so I think he would fit in nice in a lot of spots, and he's a really he would come in a low contract, so yeah, I think he's done in New York, I think he'll go somewhere else, yeah, don't you. I hope so. I hope so. I I want to see that guy win a cup. So they're the the only series that's done. So Predators, Coyotes, let's just go through the series that are going to be played tonight. You tell me if the series is over or we're going to be looking at a Game 5. Islanders, Panthers.
1: (laughs) I don't care. I'm going to say we're going to say Game (laughs) 5.
0: Okay, you say Game 5? Yeah. Me too. Predators, Coyotes
1: uh yes game five
0: i think that one's over penguins canadians
1: yes game five
0: me too oilers blackhawks
1: yes game five
0: i want it to be over
1: i do too I i
0: think it will be a game five leafs blue jackets
1: i'm gonna say over
0: tonight do you think the leafs are completely mentally crumbled after giving up a three nothing lead
1: I think they have to be. And the fact that they have to play another game the next day uh, is pretty great. Um, so, yeah, I, am going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the blue jackets close it out.
0: Yeah. I think the Leafs win. I do. I think that is a benefit them getting to play the next day. Cause they can, they don't have to dwell on it. They don't sit there and chew on it for a day. They just get right back on the ice and they're like, okay, move on. We did have a three nothing lead. Let's take some good from this, but man, I, I okay. Vancouver, Minnesota,
1: I'm gonna say Vancouver closes it out.
0: I hope Minnesota. I hope Minnesota wins just for the selfish reason that Al said he would talk to me after the first series. Stay alive, Yeah, still but can. I, I don't want to talk to him if he's not in the bubble. I want <laughs> people in the bubble, baby. No, I'm teasing, but I, I, gosh, that series is just who gets a shutout. They're gonna win. I think they've had yeah. three shutouts, haven't they? At least the first game, and then Canucks the last two. Maybe not. Maybe the second game, the Wild got a goal in there. But, yeah, it could be all of them done. All six games tonight could be done. And there's a lot of Canadian teams who could be on the brink of leaving the bubble. It, it went from, like, we have so many Canadian teams, like, everyone but Ottawa, then it's like, row, row. well, we've already lost the Jets. We can lose the Canucks. We can lose the Leafs. We can lose the Oilers. We can lose it. like, well, I guess we can't lose the Canucks, too. We can lose the Leafs and Oilers. So, anyways, the two teams who people thought, oh, they're going to move on for sure. And like all the Canadians will be gone. The Canucks are the who knows. But anyways, Tim, anything else you want to touch on? Anything you want to confess to the to the listeners?
1: No, no. I uh, probably probably will have a short day today since I was working so late. No, I. Bet. Uh, but no.
0: Yeah, I bet you will have a short day because you're. You're so unbelievable. <laughs> you're such a, my client was in California, so. I had to work late and then he texted me. The new guys are getting pretty wild and we're out on the town. I was like, okay. I text.
1: No, we were talking at like nine and I was back at home at 10 on the computer.
0: All right. Well, get some rest, Tim. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Next time we talk, there'll be a lot less teams in the bubble and Tim will hopefully have his life together. <laughs> one of those teams is for sure. One of those things will happen for sure. The other one, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. Cheers.
1: Bye, John. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out com slash shop for merchandise, including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.